I would lie in bed at night. And I still, to this day, have this where I just imagine intruders and different like scenarios. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at icloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with, or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Adam. Now, Adam, I have a question for you. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? Um, lifelong fear of death. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's for my heavy. whole life. I mean, not maybe not my whole life, but as long as I can remember, probably, since I was a kid. Okay, so... Do you remember when this fear set in and did something happen? I don't know that anything happened. I think I just remember some of my earliest memories are one, it was, it's not just fear of my own death, but fear of, you know, my loved one's death. And so like, I remember when my parents would leave the house and they would be gone for too long. I would kind of, I probably had like separation anxiety and, and I would, uh, I, I would end up like crying, like at the, you know, staring at our front door, basically, um, because I was scared that they like, I would like, my imagination would go wild. Like, you know, every, you know, horrible thing that could have happened to them, I would imagine. And what age was that, do you think? Oh, probably like uh, four, five, six, around there, probably. And then, um, Similar to that, I would lie in bed at night. And I still, to this day, have this where I just imagine intruders and different like scenarios. scenarios. Yeah. I've done that. I've done Do that, that when I've done it when my husband is out of town. I have done so that. So when you're feeling vulnerable, you you get that. See, like I I keep like a, a weapon. Oh my god, me too. I yeah, get a I kitchen a knife. <laughs> No, no, no. I keep like I have a weapon next to my bed at all times. Oh, 
Well, we're a All little times. different. I just get, yeah. if don't come at me because I have a kitchen knife, like yes. under my pillow, but what is your weapon? What do you I have? have? I have like an expandable baton, which can mess somebody up. You do know? you like break I, their knees with that or like hit them? Oh, you could do anything with, you could break bones, break heads. You could, I mean, it could inflict quite a bit of damage. And trust me, like nightly, since I was a kid, just go through those scenarios of someone breaking in. Like I remember when I was a kid, my parents were the superintendents of the building I lived in, in New York mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. And so we had bars on the windows because we lived on the ground floor. Ooh, that's kind of scary. I would be scared. The bars on the windows? No, just being on the ground floor. Oh, being on the ground floor. Yeah, so so I would, but even... Still, we had bars on the window, so it's like you know, no one would you know, someone have to like cut the bars. They'd have and to like so, get like a saw and like right. Saw so through. what did I imagine in my head? I all of a sudden would have these visions of someone like tossing a grenade through the bars, <gasps> and I would start. I'm 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 like an eight year old kid, and I'm thinking, all right, if somebody threw a grenade through the bars of the window into my room, I'd run into my parents' room, close the door, mm-hmm. and tell them to duck and cover because grenade's about to go off. Um, and these are the things that I would think about before going to sleep on a regular <laughs> basis. I mean, how fucked up is that? <laughs> totally fucked up. That's so like fucked you're, up. That sounds like a great way to go to sleep in constant no, horrible. fear. Horrible. Horrible. And I, I don't know, like, it's probably why I do a lot of like, you know, self-medicating. Um, you know, I, I smoke a fair amount of pot. I uh, definitely like to have my night, my nightcap. Nightcap of little whiskey. Little. <laughs> I, oh, every night, every night I have a little bit of bourbon. And when it gets really bad, I have to, um, you know, take a clonopin or something. So this has been happening your whole life. Did something... So nothing traumatic happened. Do you think you saw a movie or like, how did these images get in your head so young? I mean, I definitely watched a lot of movies. So I'm sure all of these images were in my head. We had, um, (laughs) we had Mm pay-per-view, but like for free, like we had one of those black boxes that were, they were illegal. And and so we had all of the pay-per-view channels for free. Um, and so what movies would come on and they would just play over and over and over again on those channels. So what did I, I mean, I would watch every single one of those movies over and over and over again. And so, yeah, I probably was inundated with all sorts of horrible images. (laughs) Well, I remember I grew up watching Jaws. Oh yeah. sure. At a very young age and we had a pool. So I would literally get in the pool and like think the shark is under the water and like oh, freak see, myself playing. out. You were playing though. Like you would, you weren't so scared that you wouldn't get in the pool. You no, know I mean? no. Yeah. Right. I guess I was right. like playing like, oh, I'm yeah. about to get eaten. So that's not like full on phobia. You're, no. you are a sane person. <laughs> <laughs> so does everybody in your life know about this secret or do you keep this close to your chest? Yeah, I mean, it's not something I, I speak about a lot. 
you know, I, I don't think about it during the day very much. Oddly enough, I don't like, it doesn't cross my mind that I think about that later on. Um, uh, and so it doesn't occur to me to like bring it up with people. It's a night thing. Is it a night thing? Yeah. And I'm sure like when I was a kid, I was, you know, afraid of the dark. I definitely know that I had like one or two night terrors as a kid. So there were, you know, I had, I, you know, nighttime was just rough for me. I hated going to sleep. I did not mm. like going to sleep. Mm, that's so yeah. interesting. Because when you first told me this, this image of like, are are you one of those people that get on an airplane and think it's going to crash? Because I know a good friend that has oh, that yeah. image. Every time she gets on a plane, she literally the entire crash goes through her mind and she has Absolutely. to drug herself out to get Same. on that airplane. So that I is you a- too. Oh, 100%. I don't get on airplanes without having a drink and a clonopin before I get on. Do ever. you make all the calls to your family in case something no, happens? No, because like, I think I am, I am half a crazy person <laughs> and half a very practical person. And so like, there is a side of me that can like, remind myself of the statistics that it's more safe than driving in a car. Uh, you know, so I'm not, I'm not making, but if there's any, if there's some serious turbulence and I'm conscious to experience it, um, I'm definitely like, you know, I will grab a stranger's hand for sure. Have you done that ever? I've definitely, maybe not their hand, but like the, like, you know, the the armrest. Yeah. 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 And so like, if there are, if they're on the armrest, then we're holding hands. <laughs> Did you ever hear of that story about Ryan Gosling? He was like, his plane was going down and he was in first class and he, he was eating a steak and everybody was like, it was shaking. And all he kept doing was like cutting the steak and eating the steak. Like he wanted to finish the steak before it crashed. I sort of, I feel that. <laughs> I, I feel that. Cause if you're going to die. Yeah. And plus like you want to make, you want to make sure that you're like, really taking advantage of all the amenities even if you're gonna die like i yes i want the hot the hot towel on my way down (laughs) okay so you said your family have yeah have you talked to your parents about this i know that you're married do you if your wife goes somewhere do you do you have trouble sleeping when she's gone no because she doesn't provide me with any sort of protection um (laughs) If if my weapon were gone, I would have more trouble sleeping. No, I mean obviously, I, I always feel more comfortable when when someone is in the house, and so I do prefer my wife to be here than not here. Well, I'm um, glad. I'm sure she's glad to hear that. <laughs> I think that would be bad if you were like, I prefer my wife to be gone. It's always great when she goes out of town. You know what I mean? That's always a welcome treat for me. Uh, <laughs> My no, alone uh, time. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, no, it's, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I really, because, you know, what are you going to do? You can't stress about it, even though I do. So like talking to people about it just feels pointless. Really? Have you talked sure. to a therapist or anybody about it? So I. You should see his face when I just asked that <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so. I did go to it. Like we go to couples therapy in mm-hmm. my life. Um, Smart. And, I think that's yes. great. Every couple should go to couples therapy. 
Yes. We're, we, we do it sort of like on and off. Um, and so I was talking to our therapist about that. And I was like, you know, maybe I should <laughs> see my own therapist to talk about this stuff. Um, and so she gave me a recommendation who I went to and, you know, there's just, I went to a few times and there's just like, there's just so much like backstory that you got to get into when you go to a therapist that like, it's too much it, work for you. It's just exhausting. It's oh exhausting. And like, I just don't, I just don't want to get into it all. I just want to be like, Hey, I'm afraid of death. And then to be like, Oh, don't do that. And me to be like, all right. And then that, you know. And then I leave. Oh my God. I have never heard anyone say that about therapy because I particularly, (laughs) well, it took me a long time, but I particularly love therapy because it feels like a massage for your soul, Mm. you know, but you're like, I'm just Maybe I just had the wrong, maybe I just had the wrong therapist, you know? Maybe, maybe she just didn't massage her soul like I know. I wasn't feeling massaged when I left there. I was feeling (laughs) just like, all right, I did most of the talking and uh, left there with nothing. Um, you just felt like you were talking the whole time and you got nothing out of it and you were over your own voice. Yeah. You just, you want to feel like, even in the first couple sessions, you want to feel like that you're leaving with something, you know what I mean? I don't know. Something, even if it's nothing huge, you want, you want some sort of insight or something that you didn't have before. Cause otherwise I just feel like I'm like getting interviewed. You know what I mean? Mm. And I'm just, I don't know, complaining. <laughs> I always, okay, I do. I love to attach these kind of secrets or fears yeah. to the seven deadly sins, not in the religious yeah. sense, more in the character defect human sense. So right. I'm going to name them for you. Does okay. any of these ring true? We got pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. Yeah, I could probably be... Uh, I could probably be all of those things sometimes, <laughs> um, depending on the day. Why? Like, name some. I mean, I'm a I'm a fairly proud individual. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of my work and my uh, my work. <laughs> Are you proud of um, you as a person? Is it attached to like egoism or just like the probably? Pride? Yeah. No, I have a healthy ego for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. No, I think very like highly of myself. Pat on the back. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what did you, what else did you say? Greed. Pride, greed. Um, I'm no, I'm not too greedy. I mean, I want, I want more always. I like having more. I'm definitely like striving yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an ambitious person. It's not necessarily more money. No, it can be greed in all things, not yeah. just money. Yeah. I just want, I want the world, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and I'm very ambitious that way. Um, what else? Lust. Uh, lust. Yeah. Yeah. And he, that's all he's going to say about yeah. that. So <laughs> yeah. then we're going to move on to gluttony. What about yeah. gluttony? Gluttony. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love, um, to eat. <laughs> I do love to eat. I love, um, I'm not one of those people who like eats to live. 
You oh, know how they I say you either. I don't actually like those people sometimes. You, I'm like, you either eat to live or you live to eat. Well, if that's true, then I'm a live to eat kind of person. I am too. I, I'll travel half across this globe to eat something. You know what I mean? And I have, and yeah. I'll do it again. Um, so um, the last ones we have are envy, anger, and sloth. Oh yeah. Okay. So envy for sure. I think that, you know, part of that just goes with ambition, I guess Mm -hmm. there's just, and you know, that's how you, I don't know. Like if you never ever saw a successful person in your life, you probably wouldn't be too ambitious because you would have nothing to look for as a, as like a, Oh, I want that kind of thing. I know, but I always attach like envy can also be you know, it's the outside qualities, you know, Mm. I feel like social media, you see people get envious of, you know, these celebrities, and it's like, that does not make them happy. Oh, okay. With no ambition. Yeah, then no, I, I, um, I think because I, I'm, I'm active on social media, I uh, do not put too much weight into that sort of thing. So I don't think I mean, Again, like I think my envy only stems from like, oh, I want to be as successful as that person. Right. You know what I mean? I want the things that that person has, or I want to do the kind of work that that person does um, that I have for sure. Um, Okay. And then anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when I was younger, I was more prone to anger and I kind of let it, what's the word, uh, indulged anger more because i think you just do that when you're younger um but you know i don't get i don't get i get like frustrated and Mm -hmm. annoyed and i get i get angry i just don't you know it doesn't last very long wow you are like the healthiest person i know right now and lastly i do have it's just all the weed that i smoke yeah he's just (laughs) he's just half baked right now (laughs) Um, and then the last one was sloth. Yeah. I mean, God, I, you know, talk about envy. I envy people who like working out. You do. Yes. Because I would love to want to work out. I never want to work out ever. I do it. I do it. Uh, uh, but I don't do it a lot and, and I never want to do it. I always, it's always just like such a dragging. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, like I used to be a dancer. And so that was my workout. Um, And I still dance, but not like that, Mm. you know, not, not for hours every day. I, I could, I can sit for a long time. (laughs) You're the best sitter. I'm great at sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I quit doing stand up because I like sitting too much. Ah, nah, that's so funny. Yeah. No, he's like, that wasn't a joke. I just no, thought that was it's true. <laughs> well, here's another thing I want to ask you. This secret fear of death. Yeah. Um, that we all actually are going to die. Holding Wait, this yeah, oh what? yeah. Oh yeah. We're dying. All of us. Well, you just made this a lot worse. He, he's getting out his baton. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, who do you think holding this in benefited and who did it harm? 
Um, I think me and me, <laughs> probably. Here's my question about it, though. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there was a sense of control that you think that helped you as a young kid? Like you benefited from feeling that control, like you could throw a grenade and protect your parents. I think I like to, I like to play out scenarios in my head so that I feel prepared for anything. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Olympians, um, they've done these tests. I forget where I'm probably like a Ted talk or something. I don't know. But they've done these tests where Olympians will go through their whatever sport they do um, in their head, just like lying down. And all of the same stuff in their brain goes off and all the same things happen. And so um, and they do that. They visualize before they go do their their thing. And I think that there is a part of me that. It's just like a survival thing, probably, mm-hmm. where I need to have played out scenarios in my head of what I would do in certain situations so that when that happens, or if that happens, or whatever, um, I'm prepared. Like, I, I've already, like, done this in my head, you know? So, like, earthquake kits are where they need to be, and I've definitely thought about, you know, I've played through that scenario, grabbing those and going. So you're pretty much prepared for anything. If we walked into your house, you'd probably have everything prepared. Well, if a an intruder were to come into my house, depending on what the situation was, um, there would be a couple scenarios in my head that I would have already gone through that would at least somewhat prepare me for the situation, I think. Mm. Yeah. And here's my last question for you. Okay. If someone else had this fear of death, what would be your advice to them? Oh, it'd be, you have no control over that. Don't, don't be stupid. Don't, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. So why waste your life, you know, worrying about it? And I tell myself that all the time and it does nothing. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. I appreciate you. Anytime. I appreciate you, Brianne. Uh, If you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.